The Sherry Group Podcast, presented by The Sherry Group, LLC. Yes, welcome to the podcast. This is The Sherry Group Podcast. My name is Drew Demery. I'm joined here by my faithful co-host, David Sherry. Dave, how are you doing today? You know, Drew, I feel like I'm winning the day. It's uh, spring in Iowa. My grass is growing and I need to mow, but it's raining right now. So I've got the built-in excuse to not be out mowing the lawn today. And I also feel like I'm winning the day because we get to uh, have a great guest, a friend of mine, Robin Ratcliffe. Robin has been the executive director at Wildwood Outdoor Education Center since 2014, 2015 which is a camp based in Kansas. It's a great camp. I got a chance a couple of years ago to go down and visit it. It's a beautiful camp and a lot of great stuff going on. Uh, Robin, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Dave. And hi, Drew. It's nice to be with you guys today. Yeah, it's nice to have you here. Would you give us just a couple minutes to introduce yourself, maybe tell us your camp story, a little bit about your camp? Sure. I am the executive director at the Wildwood Outdoor Education Center. Dave, you were right on. I started there in 2014. We are a camp that's primarily tasked with overcoming barriers to camp participation for kids in our community. So we look at barriers like the cost of camp, knowing about camp, and then getting to camp, and we um, lay lay those barriers down so kids can have easy access to our programs. We have a pay-what-you-can model. We do a ton of marketing through agencies that work with families and low-income families in Kansas City so that families can find out about camp and we can get connected with kids who might not otherwise know we're here. And then we have free bus transportation to make sure that our location an hour out of the city doesn't keep anyone from experiencing the great outdoors. So we have a super diverse camp population and run on 150 acres in Miami County, Kansas. Yeah. And it's a beautiful 150 acres. Like Drew, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to be there, but Robin and I walked it a couple summers ago and the activity going on at camp is great. There's just kids all over and everybody's having fun. It was such a positive place like most camps are. But the, the property is just breathtaking. They've got a private lake that the camps around, a bridge that goes over it to the cabins. It's really a neat, neat place. Yeah, it sounds like you're doing great work, Rob. And that sounds like a really cool model that you've got going there. I would love to come check it out sometime and see what's going on during the summer with all those campers and staff. That sounds really cool. Robin, we've asked you on today because you're an experienced camping professional. And uh, we think that you've probably got a couple of cool experiences or stories from your own career that you can probably share with other people and, and get them excited about their camp career or find some meaning or just maybe have a laugh. So Robin, I'm going to leave it a little open-ended for you and just ask you uh, to share one of those experiences with us here today. Are you up for it? I am totally up for it. Drew, I was thinking about what camp story I would share, knowing that a lot of the people who listen to your podcast are fellow camp professionals. Um, and so have their own share of moving stories about a child whose life has been changed or the story that, that I want to tell you is a story about my role as a camp administrator um, and as an executive director. So I'm not on the grounds of our camp every day. I'm there one or two days a week when programs are going on. And um, so I know the staff and I help with the training, but they don't know me as well as they know our on-site director and 
my visits tend to inspire a little bit of extra cleaning and probably some anxiety uh, when they say, oh no, here she comes. So, uh, and I can feel that happening around me, but it, it, that's okay. You know, I, I appreciate, um, I appreciate the effort that they go to. And also the opportunity to be with campers is something that I really appreciate because a lot of my role is about telling the story of camp and about convincing people in the public to give money so that kids who have barriers to camp can get, get to camp more easily. The summer of 2019, I was on one of my days at camp and I always try to just get out and walk around and um, talk to kids, talk to staff and interact in a way that's pretty informal. Um, but every day when I'm at camp, I always go to the pond. It's like my very favorite place to visit. And we have a beautiful bridge that goes up and over the water. And I always make it a point to walk over the bridge and back mostly because I like to see what the fish are doing in the pond and also because the kids are always having a really great time there. And it's, it's fun to watch them explore and see a dragonfly nymph for the first time and really understand more about the biodiversity that makes our pond work and all the different plants and animals and bugs and fish and algae that it takes to, to keep that community together. That's part of what we're teaching kids is that the diversity in the pond is a mirror of the diversity in our community and how it takes all those different pieces working together to make a, a camp work or make a community work just like it does to make the pond ecosystem work. And in the summer of 2019, I was making my, my daily visit to the pond and found some kids who were maybe middle school girls and none of them were wearing their shoes, which caught my attention because, you know, camp, we like people to keep their shoes on usually. You know, we might even have a closed-toed shoes rule if we're old school. But um, their counselor was there with them. And they were splashing around in the mud barefoot at the edge of the pond, catching these little tiny Kansas frogs. You know, like, I don't know what kind of frogs they are, but we have thousands of them there at the pond. And um they were laughing and like showing the frogs to each other and giggling and just having the best time. And I just looked at them and I thought, you know, this is exactly why we do all of what we do is so that kids who are barefoot can catch frogs in the pond. And I was just really proud to see that camp moment. And as I got closer to them to say hello and let them show me their frogs, the counselor said, oh, my gosh, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. We should totally not be doing this. We I promise we did everything that was on the schedule already. And we just happened to have a little bit of time not on the schedule. And she apologized and fell all over herself because here she was at the edge of this pond catching frogs with these kids and doing what like what the kids wanted, what was fun. And, and yet she felt like she had to apologize to me because frog catching wasn't on the schedule for that day. Yeah. It really made me stop and think about how we as an industry, as a camp at Wildwood, as a professional in my role, can make space for that free time play and that natural exploration that is so, so important to kids actually really appreciating the natural world and getting to direct their own exploration and their own learning. So that, that's what I was thinking about when I was thinking about my fellow camp professionals and what might be helpful or meaningful to them. I love that. Thanks, Rob. And that's, that's such a cool experience. Um, you know, with the Sherry Group, we actually just put out a blog, or maybe right now we're working on a blog about keeping things simple. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of idea, you know, comes to my mind initially from this story of it's very easy as camp directors and professionals to get in the weeds of all the details and 
you have to know all the details because you're in charge. But it is easy then to kind of over plan every minute and every hour of every day. And, um, you know, just taking that step back and, and letting kids be kids and, and counselors, um, you know, be there to be good role models and, and let kids get dirty. And we always kind of have to keep that in the back of our mind, don't we? Because if we don't, we might lose some of that magic of camp that I think you're talking about, Robin. Right. And I think we have to trust the kids sometimes, Drew, that they know what they want to learn and that they will find exciting and meaningful things to do in the space that we can create when the environment's right and, yeah. and the relationships are right, then the rest of it doesn't need to be as, as choreographed as we sometimes make it. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, you got anything to add to this one? First of all, I love that you call them Kansas frogs and picturing, <laughs> and picturing them uh, doing their frog noises with a bit of a drawl or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure. A little but piece of grass in their mouth. A little piece of grass hanging out of there. Yeah. I love that. But I think that you're 100% right that sometimes we get so focused on our schedules and we need to get to archery, we need to get here, we need to get there. The core of camping is really about relationships. And mm-hmm. so this leader, this counselor was doing exactly what we all want to have happen. And you need to find ways to encourage that. To me, the message is those kids were not only building relationships with each other, they were having fun and interacting, but they were also developing a relationship with nature and getting to experience nature. And and in this particular group of kids, I I know a lot of the kids that you serve, that might be some of the first opportunities that they've really had to be out and experience something like that. And so I, I love that story. And I think it's a good, a really good reminder. We used to talk at, at my previous camp about sometimes the best thing you can do is just find some shade and sit down with your kids and talk and if we truly want to build relationships, which is, I think, ultimately the magic of camp, then we need to be putting kids in situations where they have the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it sounds sounds like fun. I kind of wish my feet were in some mud right now. Chasing, <laughs> chasing I can just picture it. I can absolutely picture it. it sounds like a like a perfect day. Yeah, sounds really nice. Robin, Dave, let's take a quick break here and we'll jump back in the second half of the episode and maybe Robin can share another story and experience with us. Contact the Sherry Group today for all of your fundraising, development, and training needs. www.thesherrygroupllc.com. Thank you. Okay, we are back with the Sherry Group podcast now. My name is Drew Demery. I'm here with David Sherry, and we have with us Robin Ratcliffe here. She's sharing some great camp experiences that she's had over the years, and um, she just told a cool story about kids splashing around with the Kansas frogs. And Robin, we would love to hear another story or experience that uh, you wouldn't mind sharing with us today. Sure. So another meaningful lesson that I learned as a, as a camp director. When I graduated from college and I got my first camp job, there was no one in my home area of Kansas City that was willing to hire me. I sent out, you know, 200 resumes and got uh, 100 rejection letters and maybe one phone call and found myself applying for things that were further and further from home until I got a job offer in Corpus Christi, Texas, where I was hired by the Girl Scouts to direct a camp about an hour north of of the city of Corpus Christi called Camp Green Hill. 
And when I got to Camp Greenhill, I had a lot of things to learn about the Texas wildlife where everything has thorns. Most of it is poisonous. And uh, there were no trees at the camp that were taller than me. I'm about five, four. So uh, it was a real, a really new environment for me, me to be in uh, landscape wise, right? As far as the earth and how we interact with it. The kids told me when I got there, they, they said, miss, miss, you can't, you can't sit in the grass. When I told them to have a seat in the grass, because there's like biting fire ants all over the place in the grass there and thorny briars, right? And, and I didn't know that. I was like, come on, everyone, let's, let's sit in a circle in the grass. So I was learning about the, the environment in Texas. And um, it was my first summer directing camp. And my uh, kitchen staff came to me one day and said, hey, we have a big problem. The food that was supposed to be on the truck for dinner was not on the truck. And we do not have what you have on the menu, the spaghetti you have on the menu for dinner. We can't make it. And, you know, it's probably two hours before dinner. Like it's crunch time. Dinner prep needs to begin now. And my cook said to me, um, I've looked through the kitchen. We have some dried beans and we have tortillas. So um, Nora, the other cook, Nora and I thought we could just make enchiladas for the group tonight. And I thought about it and I looked at her and I said, I don't think we can do that. We had tacos on Monday so that would be Mexican food twice in one week, <laughs> which is a really stupid thing to say to the kitchen staff at a camp in Corpus Christi, Texas, where it, almost everyone is either from Mexico or has family roots in Mexico and eats food that is like tacos and enchiladas on the regular. Uh, the cooks spoke Spanish as their predominant language in the kitchen. And here I was uh, with my Kansas City accent telling them that we couldn't have Mexican food twice in one week. So yeah, learning even more about uh, the camp community and how we can all bend ourselves to fit into it, so. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a great story. And I think it's, a, it's probably a story that more of us can relate to than, yeah. than want to admit, right? You get so, <laughs> We get so caught up in, in these sorts of things, other than really focusing on, as we were saying earlier, on the relationships and those those meaningful lessons, those teachable moments. One of the things I love about both of your stories, and actually we had somebody comment on um, on Jeannie when we posted this on Facebook, Jeannie's podcast, how they're starting to appreciate the little stories more. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a magical part of your career when you when you reach the point that you understand that these little moments build up into big opportunities, and uh, a series of these little moments for you as a director, but also for the kids to experience them, uh, that that really make things magical at camp. So I don't know how did they pull off Mexican food a couple nights in a row? Did it, did it all turn out okay? You left us on a Kind of a cliffhanger there. You know, the enchiladas were the favorite dinner on everybody's camp evaluation, and they were they were made with total skill and love. So that was uh, they they became a regular menu event. And you don't really have to have Mexican food on Monday, home cooked food on Tuesday, Italian food on Wednesday uh, to have a good camp menu. So you know, I, I'm sure you've heard me say this before. One of the things I learned about menus years ago is 
we would have a two-week rotating menu. And at the beginning of the summer, our evaluations came back and the kids loved the food. They just couldn't say enough good things about it. Well, it was the same menu, but by the end of the summer, we were getting poor evaluations. On <laughs> and we spent a couple of years just baffled by that. Why do the kids later in the summer not like the food and earlier they do? And then we figured it out. It's, it has nothing to do with the menu. The kids are going to enjoy almost anything you give them if the staff are enthusiastic and happy about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And our staff were getting so burned out of the same two-week menu that by the end of the summer, they didn't like the food anymore. And therefore, their campers didn't like the food anymore, which just goes to the show how big of an impact our staff can have. Yeah. I think having Mexican food every night of the week would be fantastic in my mind. If if your staff are excited about it, your kids will be too. That's right. That's right. Well, Robin and Dave, thanks for joining me today. I think we're going to wrap up that episode there. It's a a great chance to listen to some of these stories, Robin. Thank you very much for being on. Yep. Thanks guys for having me. And thanks for making a place for camp stories to exist and get circulated. It's our pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on, Robin. really means a lot. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. This has been the Sherry Group Podcast. I am Drew Demery, joined here by David Sherry and Robin Ratcliffe, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.